0: Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast, hosted by Shalinda Kirby, a cervical cancer survivor, and Natalie Supes, a Crohn's warrior since 2007. Our goal is to give you proof that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. You can also follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to a brand new episode. It's just going to be Natalie and I chatting away today. We love these episodes. You seem to
1: love these episodes. Yeah, these are fun. I love these. We do not plan pretty much anything other than the topic and then we just go at it. So here we go. (laughs) And what's today's topic, Natalie? Today we're going to talk about dating
0: while sick. Ooh, mm-hmm. some dating topic. So let's just give it a little bit of background where we're at relationship status-wise in our lives, Natalie, yes. so that our listeners kind of know, like, you know, what perspective we bring. So go ahead and, and talk about maybe where you're yeah. at in your life.
1: So I'm married uh, three years on November, in November and coming up on nine years on 420 that I've been with my husband. So Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, When we first started dating, I was in a pretty bad Crohn's flare and been single for about a year in between when I first started dating him. And I was dating a bit in between and before that and stuff like that. So... Yeah, okay. I had some experience, but it was 9 years ago, so. <laughs> and <laughs> hey, how about you? It was still experience.
0: <sighs> um, I kind of bring a different perspective to the table because when I was diagnosed with cancer, um I had just Been, I was going through a separation, like I was in the process of a divorce. I was just kind of venturing back out into the dating world while also had just found out that I had cancer. Mm
1: -hmm. So that was
0: that was interesting. And also to boot cervical cancer. So as somebody who I'm not going to lie, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, I'm sexually active. I enjoy sex. I don't know
1: if you need to apologize
0: for me. <laughs> Shuck. I'm 30 years old and my parents haven't figured out Can that wait. I've had sex by now. Is
1: it not the funniest thing that when you're podcasting last or a couple episodes ago when I was like talking about my pregnancy and I was like, yeah, we were having sex, like trying to get pregnant. My parents know we're pregnant, but I was just like, my mom and dad are going to hear this episode. <laughs> Well, I've What's always been
0: very sexually liberal, like, just as a person. So my parents are would not be shocked. No, of course. No, by any means. They would be like, um, we know you've had sex with many people, actually.
1: Pretty so. sure my parents found condoms in my closet when I was, like, 16. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, Sorry. No, that's
0: okay. Uh, so, yeah, like, dating, I guess, to kind of get into it, I, I'll give my perspective in terms of that I uh, – remember it being very awkward to bring up and I think that's like that's the big question when you're dating well sick is when do you tell them Mm -hmm. um because I think you have to like initially you want to be honest but it's also a very awkward conversation
1: to have both our illnesses first of all cervical cancer so Mm. impacts the relationship and then groans I might shit myself on this date. (laughs) See, this is why
0: I love these episodes, because I'll usually get you to swear,
1: and it's exciting.
0: I never think of shit as a swear, but yeah. No, that's true. That's true. But it is. Um, it is. So yeah, like, talk about that, Natalie, because I'm sure, like, for you, uh, when you would be going out, like, you're preparing for, you know, any any crisis situation that could happen. And also, you have to consider where you're going
1: so that you can have a bathroom that's yeah, close or, by. God forbid, if there's a sleepover, those are the awkward ones. Oh, I um, bet. Uh, but I, I totally agree with you about when you're going to tell them because I think, and I guess that depends on what your illness is, right? Like if it's a mental illness, it, you might be able to tell them just a little bit later. You might have that first date. But if it's something like Crohn's where you're going to the bathroom every hour at your on your date, then you might have to tell them sooner. So I think that depends. Um, yeah. For me though... When I was dating, there was no Tinder or anything like that yet. There was something, plenty of fish. So there was online dating, Um, and I would get to know the guys before. And honestly, I was at an age where I was kind of ignoring my Crohn's a little bit. So I don't think I would bring it up until I had to. For example, like, I need to go to the bathroom right now. I would, and then I would tell them why. Or, like, if I was going to sleep over, I would tell them, at that point Mm -hmm. um i don't remember any weird or any like funny stories where i had an accident actually on a date i do remember sleeping over at a guy's house though and like his bathroom was two floors up and i'm the worst at night so that was horrible but yeah i don't remember it being that big of a deal until like a relationship got serious like when i first started really dating my husband and we started sleeping over and we actually moved in into two weeks in our relationship which is a whole different story (laughs) but um that that was when it got tougher for me it wasn't the first dates which i know a lot of people struggle with Mm -hmm. but how about you like you're you're in the midst of being diagnosed and you start dating so how did that topic come up (sighs) And that's the thing is like, God, of all things, cancer, you know, like that's like as
0: soon as you bring it up to anybody, whether you're your prospective lover and you're just a regular human being that you're having an interaction with, you say cancer and everybody is like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. And it's like you just told them that you're going to die. And, and it, then that's like, not with the case. Date,
1: yeah. With a date, he's probably like, well, do I want to date someone who's going to die? Well, like- that's yeah. And I mean, that's the
0: thing is you really put like, I'll tell you that really it's uh, that it gets you in the mood. <laughs> talking about having cancer but it's true like wait you have to pick a time that's appropriate and I remember thinking to myself like I was seeing this one guy and I think we were on our like third or fourth date and I could tell that it was probably going to turn into maybe something and um I knew I had my surgery coming up Mm -hmm. to have a part of my cervix removed and so I needed to acknowledge the fact that this was happening in my life and um I, I remember we were out at a restaurant oh my and I'm like, I've never been good with like timing <laughs> <laughs> because I always have a plan of how I'm going to do it. And then I'm always like, you know what? Screw the plan. Let's go rogue. We're just going to drop the bombshell right <laughs> unplanned here. And uh, that's what I did at the restaurant. I remember him being like, so tell me more about yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was like, I have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> like way to whip the bandaid off, uh, but Kate, what the coolest thing about this this conversation and and everyone who's listening is how much of a blessing is this? We get to kick the the shitty guys out right away, oh, yeah, like right off the bat. If he sucks, he's out and then we don't have to deal with him well, and you would
0: hope that's the case, right? <laughs> yes. Um but uh, yeah, like this guy he I will give him points for, uh, you know, how he handled it because obviously, like when you tell somebody something that's serious. He was just more or less concerned for my health mm-hmm. and was like, "Wow, this, uh, you know, and then they treat you different, I feel like. Yeah. and I and that's the thing is I think a lot of people who are sick can relate to that. The moment you tell somebody that you're sick, whether or not they try, to not treat you any differently they do Mm -hmm. because it's just now they look at you with a different perspective and i think that when it comes to dating that's the hardest part i was like dreading it's being looked at in a different light like i was like some wounded animal but in reality i was handling what was happening to me like i thought quite well and you know i obviously wouldn't be going on dates if i didn't think i couldn't handle the fact that i was going through cancer treatment Mm -hmm. so how do you think
1: they treated you differently like what did they do differently
0: Well, initially, like I remember having a conversation shortly after I told this guy that I that I had cancer and I was going to have surgery um, that he was just almost like um, doing things out of like sympathy rather Mm -hmm. than from a place of like like friend zoned you kind of well not friend zoned just more or less like treated me like every time we would go out he would be like are you feeling okay is everything okay okay?" like oh we don't have to go out you know if you're feeling and it's just like you know i'll tell you if i'm feeling you know but don't assume that i'm just some broken animal that you know can't go out and enjoy themselves despite the fact that i have a diagnosis like cancer Mm -hmm. So I think that was where I noticed the change in in the way that they viewed me um because we went on to date for like I think a year afterwards. Whoa. Yeah. Um so with that said, then comes the whole conversation of okay, well, uh, it is cervical cancer, which means that my reproductive organs are affected. I'm not necessarily comfortable with having sexual intercourse at the moment due to the fact that I'm bleeding and I'm cramping, and it's not sexy. Yeah. Cervical cancer yeah. is not sexy, let me just say that. And, yeah, you don't feel sexy when you're going through that either at times, right? Yeah. So I remember when we first decided to consummate the the relationship. <laughs> that sounds so that like sounds so funny, I know so professional <laughs> consummation um <laughs> before marriage, how shocking right. Oh, scandal. <laughs> um and uh don't cancel us (laughs) yeah (laughs) and see I remember him being so like am I hurting you and it ruined it oh no because like you know as a girl you you already know that you're going into this like awkward because you've expressed that you're sick and you're going through something but yeah I feel like that kind of put a damper on things I think women want passion we want like you know. Yeah. And especially when you're like you want to forget about the fact that you're sick yeah. when you're in that moment. You don't yeah. you don't want to be reminded about mm-hmm. how you're feeling. Yeah. Um there so goes the mood. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that was the thing is, yeah, a definite mood killer, but um I think you kind of have to like move and shape with your diagnosis as it it goes on, Mm -hmm. because then I would have gone on to have that surgery. The recovery time was six weeks afterwards where I couldn't have any sexual intercourse or anything. And like you tell somebody um, in a new relationship that you can't have sex for the next six weeks when you've just started dating. That's going to weed out, you know, a few people, I'm sure. And thankfully, like I said, this guy stuck around and stuff. Um, We're not together now, but, like, I am thankful for the support that he did give me during that time Mm -hmm. of my diagnosis. And also just taking on the whole, like craziness of like, okay, so my mom's flying in for my surgery, you're going to meet her because she's going to be at the hospital and it's just like... It brings up a lot of topics even I'm sure you guys broached the I don't want to have kids topic in around that time too probably. I'm pretty upfront with that to begin with when I come to dating because I know I want to be child free. So I tell the person pretty much upfront that like I'm not looking to have children and if you are, I completely respect that. I just don't think that, you know, I'm going to waste anybody's time that way. Yeah. But I think the big thing when you're dating with a sickness is how to recognize when your partner is worth it and mm-hmm. when they aren't worth it. Because some people just aren't equipped to handle sickness. It's true. And and some are. Like Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And some are because there are yeah. angels out there yeah. like your husband oh, yeah. who, um, you know, maybe you can speak on on how that experience was because he took –
1: yeah, he, he took on your Crohn's like with just yeah, he was so in abundance of and, love. And I've been in relationships where they weren't, where they were horrible and made me feel like garbage because I was sick. So, like there, there is both types, and I think a big thing is keeping an eye out for that and not feeling like it's your fault that he sucks or she sucks at being okay with sickness, like you're already sick. That's enough. We don't need to put the pressure on you to then cater to your significant other. Um, Like I said, in my previous relationships, I was with someone who would make me feel horrible. I fainted and they made my parents come pick me up and they were having a party later that night and didn't want me there because I was too much of a burden. And like, if I was feeling shitty on a day, like it would like, whatever. Anyways, (laughs) bad memories. Um, But then my husband came around and I'll tell like a funny story. I don't think I've told it on this podcast or anywhere before. But so like I said, we moved in together really quick after two weeks of dating. And this was both of our first times moving out. We were about 21. I was in a severe Crohn's flare. I was also in university and working a bunch of part time jobs. And we decided to move in with another couple. And uh, we were in the third floor kind of in this house. And so then there was a second floor type thing. There just stairs. And then on the first floor was the bathroom. And there was one bathroom for four of us. <laughs> and uh, I, a couple weeks in or a month in or something like that, us and the other couple weren't getting along very well. And it was actually a new girl already at this point. And she was a character. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. And so she... Took a shower in the morning knowing that I was sick. And w- me and her had actually been friends previous. And normally if someone was going to do that, they would keep the door open or like they would be quick. Or if I knocked, they would get out because everyone knew at this point that I had Crohn's. Right. Um, but she didn't. And she was taking her time. It was like an hour. And I like, I like my Crohn's was so bad that I didn't have 10 seconds really at this point. So running down the stairs was risky. So I had to run back up the stairs. Pull out a shoebox.
0: Oh, God.
1: Try my hardest to go in the shoebox. I missed. It got all over the carpet. We're in a house that doesn't have air conditioning in the north end here in Winnipeg. Oh, my God! It's the middle of summer, like plus 35 degrees Celsius. It's morning. I have to go to work or school. I don't know where I was going. And I was mortified, petrified, I, like, pack up the shoebox, I, like, try to clean my best, and I throw it in a garbage bag. I throw it outside, try to clean everything up. Wait, she gets out of the shower eventually, so I shower. But the upstairs bedroom smelled so Bad, oh like, an, like, worse than an outhouse. Like, it was like a Crohn's accident. So, people who have Crohn's know that already smells. Yeah. but like on a carpet in the heat, like I, oh, traumatizing. So, I think I left work early that day or school, and my other best friend came and we went to Walmart and bought all the cleaning supplies, tried to clean it, and then it just smelled like Febreze and poo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mixture of so one bad. trying to cancel out the other, and then the whole point in this story is Stephen came home and didn't say a word ever. Never said anything. First of all, there's a huge stain in the middle of a carpet. <laughs> and he just didn't acknowledge it. <laughs> didn't acknowledge it. anything. And that, like, if he would have acknowledged, I would have been traumatized. Like, he he did the best thing. But also later on, a couple months later, I ended up in the hospital. And he would come every morning at 6 in the morning and braid my hair. And whereas my previous relationship, when I ended up in the hospital, he didn't come once. Wow. So there are guys like that out there and i didn't believe that there was anymore at that time either yeah and i'm not saying that there wasn't times where he was frustrated with the disease or with me and that happens too we can always have because we're human beings yeah exactly i mean we're not going to be perfect all
0: of the time and
1: and and our disease affects them just as much it's just there's a difference between caring and being compassionate and helping when they can And not giving a shit and thinking that your disease is hindering their life. Mm -hmm. And kick those guys out and girls out the door ASAP because they're a waste of time and just going to cause you pain in the future.
0: Yeah, and for people who are worthy of your time and energy, like those people that are, you know, the good ones, I recommend explaining what your bad days look like yes. for them. Oh, I love that when you're when you're dating with a sickness. Yeah, that's because so good. I think that some people need sometimes to have things spelled out in front of them. Yeah, it's true. And I think especially with sickness because it's different for everybody, and what one person like. For me, in my experience, the moment you say cancer, Mm. everyone, A, assumes I'm going to die. B, everyone assumes my hair is going to fall out because I'm going through chemo, which I didn't go through chemo. Right. It's a stigma. Right. And so I think that uh, for me, it was really important to once I did disclose to the people that I was seeing at that time that I had cancer what that meant for me mm-hmm. and it wasn't because it's not the, it's not one size fits all no. when it comes to sicknesses and yeah. illnesses yeah. right and so i would just say like okay some days uh i have debilitating cramps and i can't go out because i can't stand because it hurts too much mm-hmm. um but it's just a reminder to like explain in your own words and and how you can, you know, best put it for these people that are coming Mm -hmm. into your life because that's just only going to benefit your situation, right?
1: And some people have never experienced sickness ever. They're like no one in their family. That was Steven. He didn't have anyone around him who was ever sick. So I had to say like- These are my bad days. These are my good days. This is how you can help because it hurts them too to see you. Yeah, absolutely. And there's
0: like a level of empathy, right? Mm -hmm. Like that you have to have as the person with sickness to realize that we do expect the people that we love and care about to be there for us in every way that they can be. But they're also human beings and we got to be there for them exactly Mm -hmm. and there's like a level of reassurance in that relationship that you're trying to build when you're dating somebody with a sickness that um they need as well they need that reassurance that their their care and their sympathy and their you know love for you
1: is being accepted Mm -hmm. yeah and kind of going back just a tiny bit about when to tell them when you're on a first date I always think that, like, everyone's different and everyone's going to have their own timing on this. So just feel out your own gut and your own feelings. But for me, I think it's easier to do it sooner than later. Like, don't wait a month and then let them know. That's because, blindsiding. Yeah. 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 And and it's up to them, too, if they want to stick around, right? And to give them that opportunity and find a way that works for you and I believe being open about our illnesses is the easiest way. Like you don't have to hide anything, and, and it just comes um, having everything on the table. But if if you're not comfortable with that, just find a way that works for you. But yeah, I think upfront is is best. Maybe not first date upfront if you don't want to. But right. But
0: yeah. I'd also don't think that there's anything wrong with a no. like first date, right? Because it's like I you're getting so to either. know somebody, and when you have a sickness it's a part of who you are yeah. it's not who you are but it's part of who you are it's part of your life for sure exactly a and big one. and they are asking you know like to get to know you i feel like that's something that you have to bring up because your activities that you enjoy your the job that you have is all affected by mm-hmm. that sickness that you have it's the white elephant in the room that's sitting on that date with you waiting to be talked about yeah. but only you can bring it up mm-hmm. and so you're responsible for being open and honest about that. And I think that uh, when you are, that's when you kind of like can understand where those red flags are with the people that you're expressing yourself to um, and whether or not they're worth sticking around. Agreed. A hundred percent. Another point that I want to bring up in terms of communication is that I noticed that when I was going through um, my cancer, I also in past podcasts have mentioned that depression was something I also dealt with once I found out that I had cancer that I became a super introverted person. And that had caused me some grief in the dating world because I was trying to establish connections with people But I was also dealing with a sickness, and I also was dealing with depression. And so on a good day, I would be, like, text, 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 good, 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 sending pictures, communicating, setting up a date. But then on those bad days, I would go, like, MIA for, like, three days. And then this poor person would be like, hey,
1: uh... Is she ghosting me? Yeah,
0: right? Exactly. And so I think it's important to, like, really have those conversations that sometimes that time to yourself when you're going through sickness you don't always need that person there for you especially in the early stages of the relationship you're in control of when you bring that person into your life mm-hmm. and your sickness
1: yeah that's communication is key and in, in all aspects i remember starting to date steven and he would like rub my back and at that point i just wanted to be alone and that didn't help so i had to communicate to him like this is the way that you can help me like you said communicating about like I when I'm in pain I go silent for three days or you know like when I'm in pain I want to I this is how I can use your help I think if if my husband were here he would say that um I know because we've chatted about it but a biggest thing for him was feeling helpless Mm. so he would see me in pain and crying and screaming and on pain medications and he would have to just sit there and watch but by being able to communicate to him and say that like the biggest thing that helps me is like if you sit beside me or if you like sometimes I love when you just bring me a flower home for no reason and like those things help me a lot or even just like cook me dinner or sit and at this point I wanted him to rub my back and saying like these are the things you can do that help me when I'm feeling down and this is how my day looks when I'm down mm-hmm. that way like the highs are highs but the lows don't have to be as low they don't have to be sitting there guessing on why you're acting the way you're acting
0: yeah and I think that this is like, you know, this is Relationship Therapy 101. <laughs> it's called communication. Yeah. Talk about your feelings. And like for a lot of people, that can be so awkward. That's and hard I get for that. me. I don't,
1: like, I don't like talking about my feelings. See, I'm the
0: exact opposite. And my husband I'm,
1: wants to talk it out too. And I'm like, can I'm I just like, go Steven. away?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I'm one of those people that I just, I always talk about how I feel and where I'm at. And that can be a lot for, for people. But I think it's important because people are mind readers mm-hmm. and I'm also a very like a hot and cold kind of person. So <laughs> one minute I want attention, the next minute I don't. And if I don't voice that, yeah. that can be very confusing for somebody. Yeah. And that never works out for me. So I have to be like, Hey, I'm, you know, Shalinda and this is the following blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and this is what I come to the table with. So there's nothing that. wrong with uh, disclosing things, but mm-hmm. you do this. Like we said at your own pace, at your own time, yeah. um, you're in you're in charge of what you disclose to people in terms of your sickness and what you're comfortable with sharing. Yeah,
1: have you ever done the five love languages quiz or like read the book or anything?
0: You know, when I got married, somebody gifted me that book and <laughs> I never read, read it. It. <laughs> it was just hilarious because I ended up in a divorce and it was like was May- saying, maybe if I read that book read that it. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I see it I like honestly Natalie it is in my bookshelf hey. and it sticks out to me because it like haunts me it's like you didn't read me and you you know like you, your marriage didn't work out but yes I've heard of the the love language You should actually
1: read it or at just least do a test or and our listeners too you can go on Google and just do like the five love languages quiz and it tells you the five different languages and which one you are and this was so huge for our relationship because I am physical touch and because of previous relationships, I thought that I hated physical touch and I was really closed off to it, but I'm not, it's not sexual physical touch for me. It's like, hold my hand, rub my, rub the like top of my hand and you like, yeah, just like touch me, but like with love. And then there's affirmations is one like language. So like, tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me that I did great. Tell me you're proud of me there's gifts so like giving gifts and getting gifts people like feel love that way Mm -hmm. what are the other two Uh, acts of service so like do the dishes for me cook for me okay I thought that was one of my biggest ones but it's not and then the last one right is quality time so like spending time like let's go to a movie just me and you no phones and be together which I also thought was a big one of mine. And I so I had no idea that physical touch was mine. Physical touch is like Stephen's last one. He has pretty much zero in there on his on his scale of love languages. So I wouldn't feel loved because he wouldn't sit beside me and cuddle me and hold my hand when we were watching TV. And he wouldn't feel love because I wouldn't tell him I was proud of him or, like, he was doing a great job because that didn't matter to me.
0: Right. So then
1: once we figured that out, I had to work on, like, yes, I think, like, oh, my gosh, he's handsome and he did such a great job, but I never voiced that because, like, to me, that's common sense in my head that I know when I did a good job and I don't need him to tell me. But And then he was telling me like, oh, you're beautiful and you're amazing. And to me, that didn't mean anything. Like it was be- nice to hear, yeah. but that wasn't filling my love tank. And so now we talk about like love tank. And I know when you start dating... It's not you're not going to be like, hey, but so, I- what's your love language? Actually, you know what? Actually, that comes up that on Tinder. Really good.
0: All the time. People are like, did you take a personality quiz? What personality are you? <laughs> what's your love language? Millennials one on one. I know. Seriously. I'm like, <laughs> I can't take all these quizzes, man. What are you supposed to want? What do you want for me? I don't know what my I'm love languages are. Like. I'm too. I don't know what
1: enneagram I am.
0: But that's so funny. I mean, like, I know what my ASL is from back in the day. Remember, like, on chat rooms, it'd be like ASL, yeah. like age, age sex, sex, and location. location. Yeah, that's about the only fact quiz that that I can tell you. Okay, so
1: now you have to do the quiz, and then we'll tell you guys in the show notes what Shalinda is. Yes, now
0: (laughs) we're going to do the love language quiz to find out. So it's good to know, because like you said, Mm -hmm. then when I, because I'm single right now, when I go to, you know, get into another relationship, um, these are all valuable things to bring to the table. Yeah. When you are dating with a sickness, and even as somebody in remission now, totally, um, I feel like that's another thing, too, is, like, that's always a topic to bring up um, that can be uncomfortable is, is that, like, hey, I, I had cancer. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing is, like, past tense, you know, people are, like... Yeah. You have to go through that whole like, and then you tell them and it's like the saddest story they've ever heard. And I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just trying to tell them what I went through. It's not, I'm not looking for that. Like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm just telling you that like, that was a part part of of my my life. life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. We usually wrap up the podcast with, uh, you know, words of encouragement that were submitted to us during our podcast launch. And we asked people what success meant to them. And uh, we get to read these at the end of the podcasts. And they're always so interesting to see what people's perspective on success mean.
1: This one uh, is kind of a bit of a funnier one, but I loved it so much. And it's, what does success mean to you? And they responded, embracing the suck as part of winning. I love it. Right? It, it like it took me a second when I read it. I'm like, are we looking at the negative? But I don't think so because anyone who's successful or feels successful or is working towards success has gone through a lot of suck. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like embracing the mm-hmm. suck, right? And it's a part of winning. Absolutely. I love that. So good. Thank you guys for listening. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Go follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening.
0: If you like our show and want to know more, follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Join us next week for an all new episode.